Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports Page and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. Coming to you after another Bryce Harper explosion. Dave, hard to believe it at this point, but 6-6 in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth. You know, Escobar singles, Jason Worth strikes out swinging, Bryce Harper steps up. You just had to know it was going to happen. Solo uh, two-run home run, I mean, to center field, walk-off blast. Harper's sixth home run in the last three games. Just unbelievable at this point that this kid keeps doing it. You can only hold him down for so long, one for three going into that at bat. He takes one to center, walk-off blast for Harper. I found I found it remarkable that uh, the Braves didn't have another lefty up in the pen to face him in that situation. Um, and Cody Martin's had a really good year thus far for the Braves, kind of unheralded kid out of Spokane, Washington, so I know a little bit about him. Um, but leaving him in there to, to face Harper in that situation really was uh, um, unfortunate for the Braves. I mean, he tried to bury a slider in on his hands and um, left it up over the plate. And, you know, just you watch the swing, you watch Harper's head were just completely silent on it. Um, just went down and dropped his barrel of his bat right down on it like he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, hit it about 450 feet and just stood there and watched it. It was uh, um, really just a, a, a terrific piece of hitting. Um, he had a, a, a good day at the plate. He had a, a single the other way earlier. Uh, obviously six home runs in three games. Um, what can't Bryce Harper do at this point? <laughs> Dog ass, as Dave mentioned jokingly at the beginning of this, at this time last year there were – Matt Williams was fighting off reports about Bryce Harper getting sent down to the minors as he struggled to get his swing back and get back at going at the plate. Six home runs in three games after the walk-off blast. I know you were in the park today. I assume the 39,000-plus people in there kind of lost it when Bryce Harper hit the walk-off. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I cannot tell you the relief I was feeling because I, I just got done having what I will dis- diplomatically describe as a frank exchange of views with some Atlanta fans wherein I expressed that maybe the way they were cheering for their team was, was inappropriate and disrespectful, and they in turn explained that perhaps they, they were terribly concerned with my opinions on uh, on how they choose to root for their team. But uh, Harper kind of put paid to all that. And as, as we were sort of t- talking about what, what he managed to do there in the night, it reminds me of some conversations we had about Adam Dunn back in the day, where uh, people sort of denigrated him as a guy who only punished mistakes. And that wasn't strictly It was more that if you threw him a mistake, he always hit it and he put it over the wall. And I think that's that's where Harper is here. You can throw him a good pitch, he'll put a good swing on it, and maybe he'll hit it over the wall. More likely, he'll just get a hit with it. But if you throw him a mistake right now, it's going over the wall. Dave, as you said, uh, I was almost as impressed with his hit earlier in the game. He went with a, a fastball outside, lined a single to the left. He's just taking what they're giving him at this point. Matt Williams talked last night about how he's calm. His lower half is locked in. He's just hitting whatever they throw him at this point, sending it wherever they can, and put one out the center to end it. But just as impressive earlier in the game with that single to left. Yeah, you know, the two outside pitches, he had to figure he was going to get a third. And, and at that time, uh, Tehran just got enough of the plate, and Harper, uh, you know, just went down, served it out into left field, and took his base. And, um, whether they're walking him or he's doing that type of hitting where he's taking the pitch where it's pitched to him and going the other way, or he's punishing a, a hanging slider like he did in the last at bat. 
uh, Harper's just really locked in right now. And we've mentioned it a couple times on the show. It's really fun to watch the, the next version of Bryce Harper. Uh, I don't know that this is even going to be the last version of him, but right now um, he's just a joy to watch every night. He's not pressing. He's not swinging the pitches that he shouldn't be, uh, going the other way, taking the walk when it's given to him, and crushing mistakes, and even, like Doghouse said, crushing good pitches as well. So uh, it's just it's fun to watch him grow up and, and mature as a hitter. Um, I still wish he'd do something with that hair, but other than that, I've got no complaints on Bryce Harper right now. Harper's hair is awesome. <laughs> so so our hair flips, apparently. Uh, I can't diminish the uh, contributions of Jose Lobaton in this game either. I just wanted to, before we get back into the play-by-play and what happened throughout the game, Jose Lobaton not getting many starts these days, but when he gets in there, he's doing what he can. Hit a home run in that big comeback, the 13-12 win in Atlanta. Took Tehran deep in that game. Julio Tehran on the mound for the Braves again today. Jose Lobaton manages to hit another home run off him today. Three for four on the day. Two runs scored. Had a big single in the eighth, too. Replaced by a pinch runner. And if you want to talk about that as well, Michael Taylor on second gets thrown out of the plate for what could have been the go-ahead run at that point. But Jose Lobaton making the most out of the few at-bats he gets and the few starts he gets every week. No, every time the Lobatron is initialized, it, it makes good on its pledge to destroy all humans and baseballs. And I, I, I was looking at the stats. He's, he's slashing something like 250, 400, 550 right now. I mean, yes, small sample. This is in limited playing time. But he's making the absolute most of every start that he, he gets. He called a good game tonight. Uh, Fister was on. He made the most of, uh, most of what was working for him tonight. And extremely productive at the pl- at the plate, as you just pointed out. Uh, that that play there at the end, where Taylor got thrown out at home, it it had to be a perfect play to get him, and it was a perfect play to get him. So I think that's that's a chance you have to take. You know, my my only regret is that it couldn't be Ugla who finished off the Braves because you know poetic justice is poetic. Dave, we talked. I saw you talking on Twitter some about uh, Michael Taylor getting thrown out at the plate there. Jose Lobaton singles replaced that first base by Michael Taylor, who steals second base as Danny Espinosa case swing in. A little frustrating. Danny Espinosa couldn't get down the bunt there, got down two strikes, and then had a swing away, ends up striking out. But Michael Taylor steals second there. Doghouse mentioned Dan Ugla comes up, lines one to left. Uh, Kelly Johnson comes up throwing the converted infielder out there in left field, throws a strike to home. Michael Taylor kind of stumbles, uh, go, takes a weird route towards home, tries to dodge him at the last second, but gets thrown out at the plate there. Really nice uh, throw in from Kelly Johnson and a nice play by Christian Betancourt behind the plate, the rookie catcher, to get him at the home. Yeah, you know, Doghouse said it took the perfect play to get him, and, and they did. But um, if you want to pick nits at this thing, um, you know, Taylor took a really lousy route to third base. He took a very shallow route, which caused him to make a big wide turn, uh, which cost him milliseconds on the slide. And then once he did get to home plate, um, you know, it took him so long to recover from taking the wide turn that he didn't realize just how far inside Bethancourt was. Um, he had, had a wide open lane to slide to the inside of home plate, um, maybe reach back with the hand, maybe go in head first. Since, um, you know, since Lobotana, since um, Bethancourt was so far off the plate. But these are the things that, um, you know, we can talk all we want about Taylor's physical gifts, and they are bountiful. Um, he's still... Um, you know, still have a long ways to go in terms of being a major league player. I mean, these are things that um, you look at players like, like Worth or Zimmerman or Denard Spann, 
um, guys that, that maybe don't necessarily have Taylor's physical gifts, but, you know, know how many paces it is from second to third and know how wide to take that turn so that they can get to home plate quicker than taking the big wide turn and essentially having to make a left-hand turn before you get to home plate to make the slide. So these are things that Taylor will learn. I've got no place with Bob Sudley uh, sending him home at that point. you got to take your mm-hmm. shot. Uh, Taylor's a good runner. You've got him pinch running there on purpose. Uh, Kelly Johnson, the former infielder, just made a, a hell of a throw. Um, Bethencourt with a nice nice pick, and it's it's also refreshing to see a catcher be able to make the, the one-bounce pick and, and apply the tag because that's something that we don't see in D.C. a whole lot. Oh, we had a sneak in a Wilson Ramos jab at the end. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Doghouse, you mentioned Doug Fister on the mound as I convert one more seamless segue. Six and a third scoreless versus the Mets last time out. Finally down in the zone after he struggled early this season to keep his ball down. Facing the Braves today after giving up ten hits, five runs, four earned in Atlanta during the last road trip. Three and one, two two eight ERA, two thirty five, two ninety four, two eighty six line against the Braves and four starts in his career. Four hitless to start. Cameron Maben with an RBI double in the fifth made it three to one at that point. Gets to the seventh inning and he starts to get hit a little bit hard. No one was up at that point, but line drives each way. Uh, right field by Alberto Calaspo, Callaspo, Jace Peterson lines out, Christian Betancourt singles to left field, Cameron Maven doubles, uh, sending Betancourt around the third, Pedro Siriaco comes up, hits the doubles uh, to left field at that point, drives in two more runs, 6-3 at that point before Fister's done for the day. Matt Thornton comes on to end the inning there. A great catch by Bryce Harper to end the inning, by the way. I really reached out and made a stretching catch to get that, but Better start from Fister than what we've seen earlier this season. Six and two-thirds, six hits, three runs, three earned runs, three Ks, no walks on the day. Kind of ended a little rocky, got knocked around, and Matt Williams didn't have anyone ready in the bullpen. But overall, a decent start from Fister. Yeah, certainly a good result, and I think maybe a triumph of results over process. Uh, I, I'm trying to think back over the, the outs that I saw over the course of the game, and I think Freddie Freeman is the only person who grounded out. Uh, over the the, the entire, well, that might be a slight exaggeration and probably is. But again, a lot of balls in the air. Granted, a lot of them were fly balls that were not hit that hard, but uh, still we're not seeing the ball down consistently and a lot of consistent ground balls coming off of, uh, coming out of Fister. And when you're only striking out, what, he had three or four today, and at least I think there were no walks, uh, you you really need to manage your contact a little better and, and keep the ball on the ground. It, it didn't really come back to her that much, given the, the the amount of offense the Nats were able to put up. But I think the uh, the concern is not over with Fisher's performance on the season. And I guess there's a good and bad side in it. The bad side is that it's only what it is. But the good side is that he could regress towards how he's been in previous seasons, which is even better than he is now, which is pretty darn good for a fifth starter. Dave, Julio Tehran is not a bad pitcher, even though you wouldn't know it if you only watched him against the Nationals this season. After today's outing, 20 hits, 13 runs, 10 earned run, and two starts versus the Nats in 2015. Jose Lobaton took him deep. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman hit a three-run blast. It was just a scorched line drive out to left. They had a look at it on the replay just to make sure it was, actually went over the wall. Six to one at that point on Zimmerman third. Really, Tehran just having trouble against the Nationals this year, but is a solid 24-year-old pitcher. Yeah, it, as they mentioned on the broadcast, that Tehran is like 12 or 13 games above 500, and he's still only uh, 24 years old, even though he's got a couple of years under his belt. He's a good pitcher. Um, it, it's kind of fun that uh, the Nats uh, 
uh, sort of have his number now. It's, uh, um, you know, a division rival and a good young pitcher, and, and the Nats need to um, have success against him, whether they get the ball well out of his hand or right now it could just be a um, matter of dumb luck. But um, I'd like to go back to the uh, um, to the seventh inning for a moment when um, when Fister ran out of gas um, to get in my daily dig at Matt Williams' bullpen management. Um, and this is a case where you're going into the seventh inning with, with a guy that, that, that hasn't had a, a complete game, um, a guy that uh, um, the White Doghouse said was giving up some contact today, a guy that's not a, a power pitcher, so when they run out of gas, they run out of gas pretty quickly. Um, you have to be prepared for these things. There's, there's, no, um, there's absolutely no uh, downside to having a couple of guys up or at least have one guy up um, at the beginning of the inning. I mean, this is a case where, you know, Fisher's giving you six strong, uh, if he gets you through the seventh, it's great. He got the first two outs in the inning, and it looked like he was going to get through. But uh, if you've got a guy up hot at that point, especially if you've got a lefty up to face a left-handed batter, at that point, that's called managing your bullpen as opposed to reactionary. So it's just my daily thing at Matt Williams. So I got going into the eighth inning tonight, and, uh, this afternoon, whatever it is at this point. Marshall's had a 6-3 lead. Aaron Barrett comes on. Back-to-back singles to start the eighth. Barrett stays on for left-handed batter Kelly Johnson. At Alberto Callaspo is a switch hitter due up next. J- Jace Peterson after that. It's a swinging K from Kelly Johnson on four straight sliders. Callaspo walks. That was it for Barrett. Hannah Roark comes on over uh, Sammy Solis, who was warm in the bullpen at that point. Had me wondering what Matt Williams was thinking there. Two right-handed batters followed after that, so maybe that was it, but... Aaron Barrett gets a sort of out on a weak roller to first. He didn't actually tag the runner with the ball. He tagged him with his glove with the ball in his bare hand, but the umpire didn't catch it, so he gets the out there. But Christian Betancourt comes up next. It's a two-run double to the left center. Run scored on the ground out, I should say, when uh, Tanner Rourke made the tag. But Betancourt comes up next. Run double to the left center, 6-6 at that point. The bullpen kind of imploded now and kind of forced Harper to have to come up with the heroics. Yeah, well, uh, a good thing that the heroics came because this is about the time I had my discussion with the Atlanta fans about appropriate fan comportment in, uh, in a way ballparks. But, uh, you know, the, the bullpen is not going to be nails every night, and they certainly weren't this night. We saw uh, some walks. We saw hard contact some pitches left up. Uh, and we saw shaky defense that geeked the umps into giving us a free out, which led to bitter retribution from the bad gods. So uh, don't don't be fooling with that, Tanner. That's 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 not the way for long-term success. But in the end, it worked out, so yay, I guess. <laughs> Dave, were you surprised that uh, Tanner Roark coming on there with the bases loaded? Like I, uh, like I mentioned, Sammy Solis hot at that point, left-handed batter at the plate with the bases loaded. It's kind of a tough place to bring Sammy Solis in as a rookie left-hander, but he goes with Rourke, and it didn't work at that point. Where am I, I was up? kind of surprised. Yeah, um, you know, a couple of people on Twitter pointed out to me that Solis doesn't have the greatest, uh, you know, righty-lefty splits, and that's all well and good. Um, it, that, uh, I'm sure whoever was pointing that out to me didn't take into consideration the batter splits. Um, you know, the reason you have a lefty warming up is to face a left-handed hitter, and if you don't, if you're not going to bring him in, then why bother having him up? I mean, I suppose uh, it could be part of the chess match, um, but. Um, but still, you, you've got a lefty batter up, a lefty um, uh, reliever ready to go. Um, bring him in. I mean, it's not that it's not that difficult. I mean, this is uh, um, you know you, you manage um, you manage your bullpen 
in a certain way on purpose. And if you've got three lefties, you might as well use them to face a left-hander in the eighth inning like that. Luckily, all that for naught doesn't matter in the end because Bryce Harper comes up, hits the walk-off, six home run in three games, kind of amazing at this point. What can't this kid do? What's he going to do tomorrow in the series finale? He's getting to the point where it's appointment television every time he steps up to the plate if you're not in the park watching what's happening. But does it again today. 8-6 final. The Nationals climb above 500, 16-15 on the year. Tried to squeeze everything we could in here until 16 or 17 minutes. There's a lot going on in that game, but we'll talk about the one tomorrow, see what the Nats can do, if they can take all of them from the Braves. Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Go Nats.